God is with you. He's done everything needed to provide you salvation. And if you've received salvation, there's promises that come with that. I was at the park on Friday and got to see Cheryl do her beautiful painting. And Lindsay was leading the Stand Strength Team ministry. And watching Lindsay in action is quite a hoot. You should have been there. If you could have been there, you should have been there. I I, want to steal something from Lindsay uh, because she kept talking to the audience about how God is with you. And then she went to the verse, never will he leave me, never will he forsake me. And, and of course, in Lindsay's style, she says, every time I do this with this arm, I want you to say, he will never leave me. Let's practice that. Can you do that? That's about, you know, 10% good. All right. So let's try that one more time. And if I go this way, I want you to say, he will never forsake me. Are you ready? You did good. You did good. You were watching. This is, he will never leave me. This is, he will never forsake me. Good. Let's try it again. I watched Lindsay do this over and over again at the park, and I thought, man, there's some other things you could add to that. Number one is that is such a huge thing that God did when he sent Jesus to be with us. The fact that, and that makes me want to go, boom. That's what Shrek used to do. Shrek used to go, boom. So, so when I go like this, we're going to say, boom. Are you ready? When God sent Jesus, it was an amazing echo from heaven of his power and love for us that he didn't leave us. He will. And he will. And and then I I think if I, I do this this morning and I point up, I want you to say, God's got my back. Are you ready for that? I can almost hear Shrek doing that today. I decided just to go through the Bible because these aren't things I'm making up. These aren't things that I'm just, you know, saying is true that's not true. These are things that I experience every day. These are things that make 15-year-old girls, and I tease her all the time about this, but what, 90 pounds if wet, you know? I mean, she's, she's, I can't imagine this girl taking this person and getting them to safety and applying pressure to the wound, the forethought of sharing the gospel, and then calling her mom. Something Heidi shared at Barakel when she shared this story a couple weeks ago was that she kept telling Phoebe, you're going to be okay, even though she didn't know if she was going to be okay. She told her mom, she's going to be okay, even though she didn't know if she was going to be okay. But she was confident and bold. And she knew that God had her for that moment, and God made her ready. You know, we don't have this kind of power all the time, but I do believe he gives us supernatural power in the moment. I believe that he gives us peace beyond understanding, but you don't get that today unless you need peace beyond understanding. Then he'll give it to you, believer. You don't have the power to be an amazing hero, because that's what Heidi is today. She saved a life twice in one day. Can you you imagine that? But when you need it, God's power will come. 
because he's with us, right? You weren't ready. Not the boom. No, I didn't boom yet. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 31, got to put on the glasses. Deuteronomy 31, 8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you, never forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Isaiah 41.10, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you in my righteous hand. You weren't ready. Here we go. He makes promises. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust you. Do you trust God today? Do you know him as your savior? Do you know him as your God? Are you walking in a relationship? As Kevin said, it's not a religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we come together not as a religious activity, but we come together because we're the saved body of Jesus Christ. We have the same father, the same salvation. And so we come together uh, to love him, to worship him together. Do you know him? Outside of the building, do you know him in your life? Do you have that kind of relationship that in a moment's notice, he's going to hold you in his right hand? Again, we, we, we've taught this, and, it, and Scripture is very clear that God does not keep you out of all bad circumstances. There's never a promise in the Bible where you will never walk through fire, that you'll never face hardship. Matter of fact, the Bible tells you you will Face hardship. In this world, you will have trouble. I don't know how else the Bible could have made that clear. That's a quote from Scripture. In this world, you will have trouble. Too many people don't understand the theology of pain and suffering. This is not heaven. This is not heaven. When we go to heaven, there will be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more cancer, no more lying, no more cheating, no more stealing, no more all the junk that causes chaos will be removed. But that's not that's not now. We're living in a sin-cursed world. I've heard so many people, I've even heard pastors say, we can't answer the question of why this happened. I can. This simply happened because evil exists. Evil showed its face on November 30th. And the Bible is it all of a sudden in question because that happened? God is not in question because that happened. He's been telling us all along, you live in a sin-cursed planet. You live in a sin-cursed earth. This is not heaven. There's coming a day when I'm going to say enough's enough and I'm going to come get my bride. But until that time, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Know me and I'll know you as my child. I will be with you. I will. I will. And... Go ahead. Boom. <laughs> That's the truth this morning. And so the answer, why did bad things happen? The answer is simply because in Genesis 3, we got a picture of sin entering this world. And sin brings death. Sin brings destruction upon relationships, upon life. God is not the author of sin. He says that very clearly in James 
But while we are dealing with the effects of sin, and while you might come face to face with evil someday, he promises he will be with you. Psalm 37 23 and 24, the Lord makes firm steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and in insults and in hardships and in persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Isaiah 40, 31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. How many of you find that difficult? It's hard to be still. We want to fix it. We want to, anything that goes wrong, we think we can fix or we want the answers to. November 30th taught us that when evil shows itself, thousands are impacted We can't fix that. Nobody here today is claiming to be able to fix that. But we can be still and know that our God is with us. Wouldn't you know it? God does things to pastors, I think, to teach us these lessons. So we dropped Josh off at college on Thursday. The plan was to drop him off, move him into his new apartment. He's rooming with a, a friend of his from Oxford. And uh, the friend happens to have uh, terrible food allergies, like nine life or death food allergies. And, and it's serious. Josh has been trained how to do the EpiPen. So Josh is, you know, stays close to take care of his friend. And they were moving in. We, we went there Friday. We got there at five, barely on time after getting Julie out of work. I mean, you know how it is. We're hustling to Grand Rapids. We pull in after all the traffic and stuff, and we're going to get the keys and move them in his apartment. It's going to be great until we walked in the apartment, and it was awful. It, it was, uh, well, I just can't explain it. <laughs> you don't want to know how bad it was. And we went back and told them, this, this will not do. I mean, we, we told you over and over again, Palmer has these uh, illnesses, and we can't move him in this apartment. It's, he, he would die. It, it, it's not safe. And, uh, and we did the whole thing, and, you know, we tried to be very kind. We kept very kind. They stayed very kind to us, but it became very apparent at 5 o'clock, by 5.30 on Thursday, my son and his roommate were homeless and enrolled to be in school. They're starting classes Monday. So at 5.30 on Thursday, where do, where do we put two boys that need to start school? Where do we find housing? And, and, you know, we're trying to do our best to figure it out. And Julie had to drive back, and, and I got a hotel room real quick, and, and just, uh, I can't fix everything, right? God says, be still and know that I'm God. And 
I went back to the hotel and did what most of us do. You know, I printed the lease agreement. It's 40 pages long, and so I studied all night. I wrote every, read every line of that lease agreement. They're, they're telling me I had to pay for the next 12 months, even though my son's not going to live in that hellhole. I, I studied, the, and I made notes, and I, I circled things and underlined things, highlighted things, and I had a ready script. I'm going to go in tomorrow morning, and we're going to be talking about this. And, and 8 o'clock, I didn't sleep at all that night. 8 o'clock in the morning, I started making phone calls. Just... I mean, anywhere. I saw churches. I called some churches. By the way, they never called me back. I know that, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> I can't believe that on a Friday morning when I call and say, this is a pastor, I need your help. <laughs> I wonder what the rest of the town's going to do. <laughs> but I called the school, and I asked in admissions, talked to a wonderful lady, and I just said, hey, listen, I... We're in trouble. You know, our kids are homeless, but they're coming to school Monday. And I said, I know there's nothing you can do about it. I'd already called housing, and they're like, uh, no. I mean, slim to no chance that we're going to have a place for them. And I said, I understand that. That's not your problem. We got an exemption so that we would be in a safe place for Palmer to have a kitchen. And it's not on you. I, I, I talked to the admissions people, and I just told them the situation. My concern is, I, you, we'll take care of this. We'll figure out the housing. I just need you to contact my kid and tell him not to quit school. I mean, you know how they get upset and anxiety. And, and uh, she, she gave me some numbers to call, and she sent me to somebody, and I left a voicemail, told the story. At 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I got a call from, I mean, I think of him as an angel. His name is Mike. Mike runs admissions at Grand Valley State University. Mike's like, I heard the situation. What can we do to help? I said, well, I'd really like you to text my son and tell him to stay in school. You know, we'll work on the housing. And he says, you know, Don, I can pull strings here. And I said, we're not asking you to do that. I, you know, we'll take care of it. You just text my son, tell him to stay in school. He says, I can do that. What's his name? What's his birthday? So he looked him up on the computer. And out of nowhere, Mike says, oh, Oh, Josh graduated from Oxford High School. I said, yeah. He said, what about Palmer? I said, yeah. Yeah, he did. And Mike said, Don, I'm going to call you back in five minutes. Five minutes later, Mike calls me and said, uh, I have an apartment for two people. It's got a kitchen in it. It's on campus. If you call Amanda, we can make that happen. Long story short, I called Amanda, and the boys went and looked at it, and by 4.35, we were ready to say, yeah, that's what we need to do. We're going to just deal with the other apartment, and we're going to move our boys in on campus. They're not going to be homeless. At 5 o'clock on Thursday, they were homeless, and at 5 o'clock on Friday, they were moving in to their new apartment. When I called Amanda at 4.35, I'm like, I, I know this is Friday at 4.35, and I, I don't expect you to work this out. We'll find a place for them over the weekend. And Amanda's like, get them to fill out the form online, and then text me here. Here's my private number. Text me, and I'll put them in the system. They can move in today. I'm like, I don't expect that. At 10 till 5, when they were going to go home, Amanda calls my number and says, hey, Don, I decided that this is too quick. I'm going to take my personal computer home, and here's my personal phone number. When they get ready, call, call me, and I'll put them in the system, and they can move in. And that's how that happened. You know, in the evening of Friday, the boys are moving into their new apartment. 
you need to know as a church, on Thursday night when a dad's going to bed and there seems to be no hope, I prayed for one thing. I said, God, I've been reading through your book of Daniel and I keep seeing that Daniel and Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael did nothing on their own. You paved the way for all of it. And, and over and over again, it said that you gave them favor in the eyes of people. That, that the king had favor on them and the, the steward had favor on them and the second in line had favor on them. I said, God, there's nothing we can do in this situation, but if you could, if you could find us favor in the eyes of somebody that can help. And God sent us a Mike and an Amanda. And I want to let you know today, that's, that's no small thing. I don't know who they are or what their status is with their relationship with Christ, but I, even if they don't know, God sent them. Because I believe that what I'm reading for you today is true. Are you ready? Let's try it again. And God's got my back. In Isaiah 40, 29, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. In Isaiah 41, 13, for I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and, and says to you, do not fear, I am with you. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. This is Isaiah 43, 2. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Oh, man, I like that. That might be a life verse. They will not set you ablaze. There's so many, I had to go to page two. Psalm 23, 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Has anybody got uh, some tissue? Because this is getting ugly. Thank you. Sorry about that. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Who shall I be afraid? Psalm 34, 17. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Psalm fifty fifteen. Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Psalm eighty six five. You Lord are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Psalm nine nine and ten. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Today's message is simply the Bible <laughs> and the promises. There's promises for us. We hear a testimony from Heidi, and I want to thank Heidi and the Allen family. You need to know that we've talked about this for quite some time. We wanted to make sure it was the right time. The parents have been involved, and, and we decided together that this was the right time at the beginning of school year, to share it with Oakwood. We were going to have Heidi share her story tonight at Worship in the Park, but we all decided that wasn't wise, not in a public space, not yet. So I want to let you know this wasn't just done willy-nilly. But it was done so that you as a church can realize for a 15-year-old girl, for a 53-year-old decrepit man, God makes promises and he keeps them. 
even in our minuscule stuff, He cares. And I know we would think that we'd rather have a God that never lets anything bad happen to us. That, that's, I'm sorry. We think that way because Disney has showed us if you, if you rub the lantern, you know, you get that magic genie. And most of us kind of want that from God. Like, okay, God, oh no, now I'm in trouble. God, I need to rub that lamp. And instead he's like, no, 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 come to me. Stay near to me and I'll stay near to you. I'll be with you. And friends, I, I just simply want to end by just encouraging you, don't pray that God keeps trouble from you. Just keep praying that he'll be with you in the trouble. Don't pray that you'll never face hard times, because if you never face hard times, you'll never experience what I've gone through this weekend to say, my God is big. My God sends Mikes and Amandas. My God sends people who, who have people. I have no people. I, I you know, sad to say, I, I thought I had people. I called the churches, but I had no people in Allendale. And God said, that's okay. You don't need a, you don't need a church guy. Maybe you need a, a mic guy. I want to read one more passage, and then we'll close. And then we'll come back tonight at 6 at the park, and we'll just worship the snot out of the place, literal, right? We're going to worship the snot out of that place like we did this morning. Let me just read for you Luke 12, 22 through 32. Why don't you stand with me in closing? I want you to hear this. I'm not going to pray for anything bad to happen to you, but when it does... Because you do know that we're all either coming out of a terrible situation, we're just uh, heading into a terrible situation, right? It's either one or the other. We're just finishing one or going into one. So when this world happens to you, I want you to hear this. And this is what he said to his disciples. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They, they don't sow nor reap. They have neither storehouses nor barns, and yet God feeds them. Well, how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of those. But if God so clothed the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into an oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek His kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. I love this last verse. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you His kingdom. May God give you these promises and may you live in them today. May you learn from them through major tragedies and small inconveniences. God is, what is it? Maybe we should try it one more time. That's not really what I was hoping to hear.
Let's pray. Father, I believe those things to be true. On Wednesday, I think I knew them, but on Thursday and Friday, I experienced them. God, you're a good God. You're a good God on November 30th. When evil shows its ugliest of ugliest face, you're good. You're there. You're with. I hear people saying, where was Jesus on November 30th? I imagine he was in the same place that he was that day when he looked into Jerusalem and saw that they, they were lost and he wept. God, I'm convinced that in your scripture you tell us that Jesus cries for one of two reasons. He either cries for us because we don't know Jesus or he cries with us because we're his children. God, I thank you for Heidi's story of protection, but I thank you for her heroic story of intervention. What you did was amazing, and I'm thankful that Heidi was your vessel, a clay pot that you used for your glory. God, I I, I thank you today for a Mike and an Amanda. God, I, I am not convinced at all this is just coincidence. Instead, it's providence. Thank you for teaching your servant. Thank you for teaching your church. Oh, may this little flock trust in you. Father, we pray for the rest of our day. We give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless. May he be with you.